Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Unfolded Hearts Talk, a production of Unfolded Hearts Ministries, a nonprofit organization of biblical counsel and spiritual formation, a ministry dedicated to equipping, encouraging, and teaching. You can find us on the web at www.unfoldedhearts.org. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for listening and joining us today. Whether you're listening this morning, it's August 5th, um, 2016, or whether you're listening to us on our feed, um, we appreciate you joining us today, and we welcome you today. Um, as some of you know, you've heard me talk about uh, sometimes the Lord speaks to me in numbers, <laughs> and um, the number five actually represents God's grace. So I thought this would be a good day to go ahead and talk about um, forgiveness. And we're going to go ahead and um, we're going to use some examples from Scripture and um, just fold in uh, God's grace throughout the whole thing. I know it's a um, topic in the hour that we're in right now. It seems to be prevalent Um and there's ample opportunity to apply it. <laughs> so praise the Lord. So um, what I wanted to talk about, um, some of the, just for some of the scriptures, for some of those that um, like to take note or do reference, some of the scriptures might be read from the Message Bible or the Amplified. Um, and then also um, talking about forgiveness. Um, you know, we have two kinds of kind of uh, jumping in. So, Lord, uh, let's just pray before we start. Father, uh, I thank you for the listening ear joining us this morning. I pray that your grace to be upon them. I pray that their hearts and their ears would be open to hear your heart um, and your words spoken to them, Father. So we ask you to bless and anoint your word. Um, and forgiveness really is from you, Father. So um, we accept it. We receive it. And may we learn more of it, Father, that we can walk in your ways. Amen. So um, forgiveness, you know, as I see it, forgiveness, we have those two kinds of sin, if you will. And there's the sins that we commit. And then there's the sins of others, which is called an offense. So those basically are the sins that we walk through. Certainly, you know, when we read scripture, we see a list at different times of what sin is, just so that it's very clear to us. But um, but sin also needs to be confessed and repented of. So um, and when we look for our sins and then the offense of another, which that's usually probably the harder sin to um, sometimes get past. So the enemy likes to use that. It's kind of like a hook. And uh, he likes to repeat that or cause us to ruminate in our minds over what another person did. And especially if that person's not, um, asking for forgiveness, or maybe at times um, it might be a friend who just offended you with some words that um, you wouldn't maybe necessarily, it's not really called that you go to them and ask them, you know, um, or talk to them about it, and you just need to forgive them. Well, um, a proverb says, in Proverbs 17, 9, it says, he who covers an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats 
the matter separates close friends, and we probably all could have an example throughout our lifetime over that one, or maybe some of you are experiencing that um, right now. Part of some of the um, attributes of forgiveness as well would be um, studying, well, that might not be the best way to say it, an attribute, but um, some things to look at with sound judgment, too, when you're moving forward with other people with an offense um, would be a better way. Would be um, There might be um, some boundaries that you need to set. And sometimes when we look at boundaries, um, people like to go through boundaries. Um, there's actually, it's like a, a twofold revelation when people come to boundaries because uh, some people look, oh, I know that I need them and they don't want to hear it. And then other people are, yes, I want to keep, you know, I want to stop this from happening. But what happens is when we learn more about boundaries, we're actually, it, it's very thorough and it combs the inside of us. So we're, um, we have to look at some things inside of us that we're permitting because of um, maybe a weakness that we have or just gaining understanding or um, just seeing it for what it is. So sometimes if, if you have... Um, an extraordinary need for approval from a person who seems to intimidate or control, um, then that would be something that you would need to look at. And then also, um, you know, we don't necessarily, just for the understanding, we don't necessarily need the approval of others in order to live free and a fulfilling life. Okay, so let's start in the Old Testament. We have um, in Leviticus, Six, five and six, it says, he shall restore its full value, one-fifth more to it, to give to him whoever it belongs on the day of his trespass offering. And he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord, a ram without blemish from the flock, with your um, value or trespass offering to the priest. So basically, what they were saying is during that time, if somebody had an offense against you, you both, um, the offender might receive God's forgiveness, but who the wrongdoer, who also had to take responsibility for his behavior for making restitution to the person who wronged him. So that's the the um, format that they used in the Old Testament, and that's true today because the law is written in our hearts. And so that's why um, when it's an offense, sometimes it's harder to, because if the wrongdoer doesn't come to bring the restitution, we still in the, in the New Testament, if you will, living today, are called to forgive that person irregardless. And so that's part of what makes it a little bit harder is um, when the other person is not owning their own stuff, so to speak. So when we see uh, David is a good example uh, well, actually, and it's a good thing, too, to remember that we, we need to take responsibility for the effects of our, our own sins on others because sometimes um, that perspective isn't always being seen unless the other person brings it to us. So we need to be um, reconciled not only to God um, but also to those that we've wronged. And that usually happens, uh, honestly, the greatest examples we have are in our own home and how we handle that because um, you just can't live life close up and personal um, without, and it's not that you do it intentionally, but um, but we do unintentionally um, hurt 
people or wound them, um, whether our spouse or our um, children hurt them in the sense where um, our, our maybe our thought pattern is different than them and the way that we communicate and the way that it was perceived and taken. Um, you know, or you're in a hurry, they're reaching, especially with a child and they're reaching for you. Sometimes you don't know, you know, they might ask for you to play a game, but they actually are wanting your presence and wanting more than that. And if you have to clean at the moment, well, you kind of miss that. And so, um, and that's how we learn to communicate <laughs> and, um, and grow closer to each other. Well, David, we see in Samuel 14, Second Samuel, 1433, we see David, um, when David called upon his um, Absalom, he came to the king and bowed down to him, face to the ground before the king, and then the king kissed Absalom. Okay, so and so Absalom did a lot of um, evil, and re- he was quite rebellious um, to David, but despite all that Absalom had done, David allowed for the possibility of reconciliation by forgiving his son. So Absalom, however, had, he did not have any tears or repentance and no change of heart. So eventually Absalom, who was very, again, rebellious, he tried to take um, David's kingdom. He tried to take his father's throne. That was a little ruthless. So one person, just to touch on forgiveness, one person can forgive, but it takes two to reconcile. And so we know forgiveness doesn't guarantee reconciliation. Uh, and again, this is where some judgment would come in because we also see um, we also see um, Joseph in Genesis, um, and, and so sometimes we need to recognize uh, God's hand, you know, where God's hand is in it. Because Joseph, when he when his brothers came back to him after he went through his whole cycle of being in a pit, being in jail, being forgotten. And then once he, you know, was with Pharaoh and he was in charge and part of the prophecy was coming um, to pass because God, what God spoke over him, <clears throat> he, um, when his brothers came to the famine to get food from him and he recognized them, he actually had, um, he actually set them up because he put things in their sacks um, that looks like, that looked like they had stolen from them, and they were. And so, while he did that, here's the sound judgment, and he did that to test their hearts to see where they were. They, were they repentant, or were they still going to? You know, he was testing their hearts to see to see where they were. If they were, if he was ready to reveal himself, um, brothers, or where they would be with that. So, so that to me is sound judgment, and that is. Um, a boundary. And then we see Jesus, our, our primary and always supreme example, in Isaiah 43:25. It says, I, I, even I, who blot out your transgressions for my own sake, I will not remember your sins. So we thank him. We thank you, Lord, for blotting out our sins, our transgressions, and our iniquities, and not only for us, but our family life. So um, when there's any guilt, or actually it's a godly sorrow leads to repentance, so it's not just guilt, it's godly sorrow that leads us there um, of any past sins that might weigh us down. And then we seek forgiveness to God because he blots them out. And he removes that stain is what he's saying. Uh, He removes that stain of sin. 
So, um, and he wipes it clean, and we're thankful to commit him to uh, his promises, and his word is true to erase our sins. Um, and he, he knows what we've done, um, but he treats us as if um, we have never sinned. And, and that, that is an amazing God. And he offers that <clears throat> to each and every one of us. And we want to receive that. Because sometimes people talk about, and I get this and I understand it, they'll say, I need to forgive myself over whatever sin that was. Or, you know, um, sometimes oh, um, people have regret over a divorce. And then, and then they see over the years the effects that it's had on the children. And a, a lot of men, you know, if the children are living with the mother, they have, um, as they grew up, they had a lot of regret for what had happened over whatever caused the divorce and then um, with their children. And so um, the Lord, he, he wants you to come to him, you know, and he, um, he can redeem that. It says he can redeem the time. And once we start walking in his ways, he, he does that. He has a way of doing that. And so going back to forgiving yourself, it really is um, a matter of receiving because we don't see in Scripture anywhere, honestly, a model for um, forgiving ourselves. We don't. We see coming to the Lord, asking others for forgiveness and asking for the forgiveness of our own sins to the Lord, and then we receive from him. So it's a matter of receiving because forgiveness is available to you and you need to um, receive it. And, and I think we, I know almost every person I've ever talked to has said at some point, you know, they just get stuck, even if it's a little thing, you know, in a workplace or regret, really. Um, any regret sometimes can cause us to say um, about forgiving ourselves. I need to forgive myself. Um, and don't, don't allow the enemy to cause you to ruminate um, on your sin or bring it back to your remembrance because um, the Lord, it's not in the Lord's remembrance. Even, you know, as far as the east is from the west, he will remember your sins no more. So um, he just wipes that away. And um, he's just beautiful about that. He's generous. And all that he is and all that he's given, he's a generous, generous God, and he wants you redeemed, and <clears throat> he wants you restored in walking in his ways. Because um, you are a reflection of him. You were created in his image, and likewise I was. And this is, this is the Lord's heart and mercy in Psalm 103.8. And it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in compassion and loving kindness. That is our Lord and all that he does. All of those things are mixed um, in his grace. So we thank you for it. So we also have here in Matthew um, 18, 21, 22, it says, Then Peter came to him, Jesus, speaking of Jesus, and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said, um, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So um, in the law there, Peter thought he was being generous because um, he actually doubled what was in the law. And so um, I know he, <laughs> so Peter is a funny one. I like to read, um, I just like to read everything about Peter. Um, but that is not, 
you know, the Lord is saying is it's going to be a lifetime of forgiveness. And he knows that. And that's why he even has Jesus go before us to be an example in that grace. So once we receive that grace, because really in the New Testament, there is nowhere in the New Testament where it's written that talks about forgiveness, that grace isn't mixed with it. Because the Lord knows that when we walk things out, we're going to need his grace in us first and to know that and to receive it for ourselves in order to give it to other people. He knows that. And there nowhere is there written in a reference to that. And um, actually Matthew's writing um, was to, when Matthew wrote in the book of Matthew, he wrote to the Jewish Christian. And he was more concerned, um, he was concerned with forgiveness of sins, but in the violations of the law, okay, so the interpretation was the transgression within the community. So what that happened to the people, so his emphasis then was on the decision to forgive. And so it is a twofold on forgiveness. We have to, we do have to make the decision to forgive at some, and I have to make that decision to forgive. Well, so in Luke, though we're not reading in there, but we read in Luke 15, since many of you know, is um, he talks about the prodigal coming home. So Luke had a different, um, his major contribution to the understanding of forgiveness was more aimed um, at forgiving of sins, but it was more concerned with the overall heart change. So God can take us, once we make the decision according to the word, okay, Lord, I decide, um, you know, I decide to do it your way. So help change my heart and bring me there. And he, he will do that. He has done that repeatedly. So naturally, obviously, this probably goes without saying that we're not literally supposed to count or keep an account of wrongs. We are not because that is not love. That's not God's example, and we don't find that example. Even in Scripture in Corinthians 13, it says love keeps no record of wrongs, okay? It keeps no record of wrongs. There's no record of your wrongs when you receive forgiveness. And I know that this program, um, well, this is really the heart of the Lord because spiritually this is first and foremost his heart. And this can cause unforgiveness, can cause, can cause a big hindrance in people's lives and receiving from the Lord. And because what is done um, on earth shall be done, you know, what is done in heaven shall be done on earth. And he, he came to earth, did, did those things, and now went back up to heaven and were to follow them. So it actually can be binding and hindering um, in our walk and receiving other things from him when there's for unforgiveness in our lives. It is one of those spiritual aspects because things are done first spiritually and then they happen in the natural. There's a manifestation in the natural. So, um, and so whatever we bind on earth, so for binding someone to a sin or, or, you know, we're not allowing, you know, our hands are held tightly on things, um, then it's going to be bound on earth and it's, he's going to bind it in heaven. So we want to, we want to, you know, loose and release unforgiveness. And I would say, uh, the Lord does use this particular topic. I know it's near and dear to his heart, but I also know the enemy, somehow he knows that um, if people would forgive just the incredible benefit that they will have in their own lives, because I um, have done in my office before, I've done um, a six-week study on forgiveness, and we just walked through a lot of aspects of it, Not that, not that necessarily when that person leaves that they're going to be, um, but they're making valiant efforts to move towards forgiveness, okay? 
And so making the decision and allowing God to change their hearts in the process and uh, releasing and letting that go. Well, I will have a lot of things come against me um, in the natural that I know that the enemy is trying to clog up my wheel. And a lot of times it will happen while I'm driving, which is a little bit frightening to me. But but I know um, that the Lord is protecting me. I just command his protection and his um, angels. He released the you know, he commanded the angels charge over us, but I just released the command of the angels to be charged over us, to be charged over you as well in your household and your children and your family life in Jesus' name. But, um, you know, even this morning when I was coming to click on to do the broadcast, the screen was not coming up. I was logged in. Um, you know, there were, some, there were some things on the road yesterday that were happening that made me aware of it again. Um, but... I mean, it was two minutes prior to showtime, if you will, um, as Blog Talk likes to call it. And I, I was not on my page. So it wasn't until, I mean, it was just saying this doesn't even exist. <laughs> and I was logged in. So, um, so, so I know this is for someone, somewhere, and may the God of heaven reach your heart and remove and unpack and untwine um, the, and, um, unforgiveness that is in your own life and is in your own heart through your mind and through your heart and just release you, just unravel that and dissolve those things first and foremost in you that you might offer that same forgiveness to other people and walk as a living vessel, whole, made whole and well, and that your soul, your soul, your body, mind and body, <laughs> your mind your mind, will, and emotions, your soul, will prosper. Your mind, your will, and your emotions will prosper and no longer be rebellious in Jesus' name. Or your children, that was. Okay, so Jesus told a parable about a man who received great forgiveness for a large debt he owed to someone. So he refused, and so he refused to forgive a person who owed him a small debt. So Jesus was illustrating that the sinners have been graciously forgiven by God and we are being forgiven daily over and over again. And thank you for his mercies are new every day. And his mercies stretch into the evening. So other sins against us are relatively small as compared to the sins against God. And God can vindicate you um, even with lies and, um, you know, manipulation and control that people want to use for words. We just break that off in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus, to dissolve that in, um, in, in the name of the Jesus who would vindicate you in Jesus' name. So we thank you um, that he is gracious and forgive that we also would be gracious and forgiving others, and we bless, we bless and not curse in Jesus' name. Okay, so when we show forgiveness, it, it um, shows that we understand how much God has forgiven us, um, and that is truth. So Mark 11:26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. This again is a binding on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, because this is a very strong, high up on the list, spiritual, spiritual. Um, principle that we need to follow. So Jesus stated that God's forgiveness of of us is somehow related to how we forgive others. So when we accept God's forgiveness for all the wrongs we have done, we should be so grateful that we are willingly offer that same kind of forgiveness to those who have wronged us. 
And that is true. When you will get there and don't let anyone tell you, even if you were stuck, and don't let anyone tell you you are still stuck because you are not. God's grace is double. I just pray that God's grace is double on those who think that um, people would call you stuck in a place that you um, are not, that you are no longer, and Christ doesn't remember. He's propelling you and moving you forward in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. Um, also, Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger, and it's his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without, okay, which meaning without seeking revenge or harboring resentment. We do not want to do that. And the Lord can clearly remove all those things from your heart. So I'm going to read a vision that the Lord gave me years ago. Um, and he asked me actually to write this on the blog. So this is written and available if anyone wants to reread it. It is written and available at, as you can go to our website at www.unfoldedhearts.org. And at the bottom, you can click on the blog. And this is posted on the blog. The Holy Spirit gave me this years ago um, two times. And I'm going to read it to you two times. Thank you, Lord. He's a creative God, and he does creative things. And let him create in you a new heart, as David said. Create in me a new heart, O God. Jesus name so we thank him for that we thank him for so I'm going to read this and I also want to say um, if anyone feels like they need to take communion um, you can take communion while you read this or if you want to wait and take communion um, and go read this for yourself on the blog to get away with the Holy Spirit you can you can also I just want to suggest you can also take communion on behalf of not only yourself but your marriage um, or your children. So whatever you're in covenant with that God created, God ordained, and God put together, which basically is yourself, your marriage, or your children, um, you can take communion before the Lord for that. And it's not in a, um, it's just in a God-honoring way because, because you were born, it says you were um, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, you're born of God now. You are born of God. And he, um you want to acclimate your, the DNA of your bloodline. You want to acclimate that to the bloodline of Jesus. And so um, I just thank him for that. And some of you maybe who are very discerning in spirit um, and you take on a lot um, and may, maybe sometimes taking that on is um, why you're still learning and growing and things. Um, because I've had this happen to me too, is that um, you will, have condemnation the enemy will use that and so um communion is good to if you're going to walk in spiritual things too it'll silence help silence the condemnation so um i just thank the lord for that so i'm going to go ahead and start reading this i know i'm going to go ahead and lose the live on air um people and i apologize for that but those that are listening um on the podcast Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray um, before I read this. And then I think I'm just going to go ahead and end, um, unless the Holy Spirit starts to move something um, on my heart. But I do want you to pray in your own words to give um, the Holy Spirit your prayers. Because, listen, if you believe that, um, if I have a listener listening today, if you believe that Jesus is God's only begotten Son and that Jesus um, 
God sent his son um, to die for your sins, to replace your sins so that you might come to him and all that I've already read this morning. And you ask him to come into your heart uh, and to be in your life, then he will. And we thank him that he's even now he's just turned a switch on in your, in your heart and um, things are going to be different. And I just want to read uh, this one scripture too from 2 Corinthians 7 10. 2 Corinthians 7 10 from the message it says, Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around, it gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and end up on a deathbed of regret. So let's turn to God in our distress. Let's turn to him and walk, walk in the way of salvation, right? So we walk that out. We're walking out our salvation and being, being sanctified. We're walking that out. And we do that in truth. And we thank you that we thank God that it's available to us in this day and in this hour, may it still be the written word of God still be published in this nation even. So we, we thank you because sometimes uh, forgiveness isn't maybe just a single person. It could be, I mean, a single individual. It could be groups of people. Some people um, are culturally, they have things against other cult, whole cultures. Um, and so we ask, we need to ask God to unpack that. <clears throat> in our hearts and in our lives and even men and women. Some women some women um, don't like men. Some men don't like women. And that's a whole, that's wiping out half of the earth <laughs> right there. So, uh, but God can handle that. He can unpack that in your heart. I know he's done it in mine. And I know he's done it in my husband's heart, my heart. And um, I'm grateful to the Lord that uh, we have a supply and we have the answer. So I'm going to go ahead and read, um, and I call this the Bank of Forgiveness. And that's what I titled this vision. Um, so let me just go ahead and read that. And breath of God, I just pray that you'd be upon this and breathe through to your people. Breathe through and your anointing be on the living word of God that you spoke in your rhema word. Let it be the breath on your people. In Jesus' name. And those that you desire to call your people. So um, I'm sorry. I was standing on the grass. This here's my vision. I was standing on a grass near a river, and I was holding a small cup in my hand. So I was aware that the inside of this cup held my sins, and I was prepared to give my sins to the Lord. And I heard a voice, but although it was not spoken, um, but rather it was an inward voice spoken to my heart with the understanding of divine knowledge, And the word said, it is time. I began to approach the bank of the river, my feet perfectly aligned with the edge. And as I held this cup in my hand, I slowly leaned forward and I looked to my left. And then I looked down the river bank to my right. And I could see countless people lined up in the same fashion as I, from as far as my eye could see and as well as across the river. The river was the blood of Jesus. It was flowing in a steady current downstream. And again, there was no noise or voice was heard out loud, but we each were made aware of the same divine understanding. It was time. 
It was time to pour out our sins into the river. As I began to pour out my sin from the cup into the river, I noticed each of my sins became the letters that spelled my sin as they were being poured out. As each letter hit the blood's river, it began to dissolve like ink. Then I saw the ink stained letters mixed together with the other sins um, that were being poured out too. And suddenly the blood current swiftly rolled over these ink stained sins and removed them down the stream to be seen and forgotten no more. And the second time the Lord gave me this vision, it was the same as what I just expressed to you, except for the cup. And the second time in the cup, um, he asked me to fill it with the offenses that I had received. And I remember feeling somewhat shameful as I made my list of offenses, but more so um, that I allowed the offenses to weigh me down. And, um, and I'm thankful for that because in the second one, he actually, I, he actually spoke words to me and said, because I was watching them go down the river as, as it swiftly rolled over um, and, um, as the blood current swiftly rolled over the ink stain and, and took them down the river stream, I was watching it. I was just watching in amazement and wonder and how all that happens. And the Lord did speak the words to me and said, keep watching because I'm going to remove them. You know, I am going to remove them. The words were spoken. So um, I will remove them and you, and you will know them no more. So um, I'm thankful for that because what he does for one, that's the intent of his heart for you, not just me. That's the intent of his heart for you. And he desires that we share that one with another. So receive this day what the Lord has for you. Receive his grace. Receive his compassion. Receive his loving kindness. Um, his heart is for you. Um, his heart is for you. And I'm just going to end with the scripture again from Psalm 103, 8. He's merciful. We thank you for your mercy. He's gracious. We thank you for your generosity and your grace. It's slow to anger and abounding in compassion and loving kindness. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in your people and what you will fulfill in your people. In Jesus' name, be free. Receive and be free. In Jesus' name, have a blessed day.